The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Hope you're going to have a good time listening. And if you're interested in talking to me and uh, raising a question or a comment, well, the phone number is 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. And uh, let's see, if you want to participate in uh, the chat, it's easy. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Live, all one word. And uh, you'll look it right there, and you can join in. We got uh, usually we have 60, 70 people watching, 70, 80 people join in. It's a nice little fellowship there. You can always check that out. All right, if you are new to the show, um, this is just a, a Christian apologetic show, answering questions about Christianity, secularism, evolution, UFOs, Baha'i, Islam. Christian Science, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, let's see, Roman Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy, just so much. We get into so many topics and discuss various issues. All right. And so uh, if you want to give me a call, like I said, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And uh, I want to hear from you. Give me a call. If you want to email me, you can do that instead. Just info at karm.org, info at karm.org. All right. I think that's it. Pretty easy. All right. Let's just jump on the phone. Let's get to Ron from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Ron, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, sir. I've got a question. I'm confused about, you know, the, the first chap- the first part of the sixth chapter of Genesis. Mm-hmm. When he talks about the sons of God, he talk, you know, I've heard different things. What is? How do you respond to that one? Well, I believe the sons of God were the angels, the fallen angels. The term sons of God, uh, let's see, sons of God. Um, in uh, the Old Testament, when we go there, it occurs in uh, Genesis 6-2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful. And then also... Uh, and the sons of God came into the daughters of men at Genesis 6-4. And then it also occurs, Job, uh, in the book of Job, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came up with them. And then in Job 2-1, uh, the sons of God came to present themselves with the Lord, uh, to the Lord. Uh, when the morning, this is Job 38-7, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted with joy. And they can go on. And uh, the sons of God is used in the New Testament in a different sense, though. And so in the Old Testament, it certainly seems to be the angelic realm. And so when it talks about the sons of God coming down and having relations with uh, women, uh, that's what it looks like. And um, okay. I'm going to do quite a bit more. That's, prob- that's probably what the new- Nephilim were. Okay? Right. Yes, sir. Okay. Like I said, I've got I heard different different things about it. I wanted to make sure when I study it what it was talking about. Well, how about this, if I explain a little bit of stuff, because we've got nobody waiting right now. So it says uh, that sons of God, right, uh, came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. They were mighty men of old. And then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And the Lord 
uh, who's going to blot everybody out. And then it says in verse 9 of Genesis 6, it says, These are the records of the generations of Noah. Uh, Noah's a righteous man, blameless in his, now the NSB says time, but another rendition is generations, blameless or pure, undefiled in his generations, his ancestry. So one of the theories associated with this is that, the, that Noah was not uh, part of the uh, the angelic plan uh, to corrupt the messianic line. And so right. it looks like the demonic horde did what it did or, uh, and uh, to to uh, destroy the messianic line. And, and so God got rid of them. And then one of the theories is that in the flood, those half-breeds are the ones that were released into the spiritual realm, whatever you want to call it, and uh, then want to inhabit human bodies. And so are the, are the demons different than the fallen angels? Now, this is just one of the theories right. that goes around. Now, what's interesting is, and it was the days of Noah. Social, it would be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So there's a lot of things to connect with this. Uh, I don't want to get too deep. But um, what's interesting is I'll go to Daniel 2.43. And I'll read something. And I'll go to Jude. Uh, and it, well, this is in the prophecy through the vision of the statue of Nebuchadnezzar and his vision. You know, gold, silver. Uh, bronze and then iron mixed with clay at the feet and these are times periods of time and so the the cl- uh, clay and the the iron mixed at the uh, in the feet is supposed to be the end times a lot of commentators interpreters say that well let's check this out in Genesis uh, Gen- Daniel 2:43 and in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay they will combine with one another in the seed of men but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. So there's some linguistic evidence here that what is going on is that the they that combines with the seed of men are not people. And it seems to be the case there linguistically. And then also, when you go to Matthew 24, Luke 17, as it was in days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man, etc. And so, you know, two men in a field, one is taken, one is left. Well, most people think that two men taken, you know, one is, one is taken, one is left, that that's the rapture. It is not. It has nothing to do with the rapture. It's, it's a taking of the wicked, if you read the context. And so some think that at the return of Christ, this kind of thing will continue. Now, when you go to Jude, Jude 6, the angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great God, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality when after strange flesh, are, are exhibited, and that means present tense, it's an, a, a present participle in the Greek, um, as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. They're now undergoing this punishment. So, I, I know I put this together quickly, but here's the thing, is it seems to be the case that if this Nephilim theory is true, and it is going to occur again towards the return of Christ, and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah are related to this issue in going after strange flesh, and within Sodom and Gomorrah was rampant homosexuality. Now notice that in Sodom and Gomorrah, the homosexual community was uh, persecuting severely uh, the people of Lot, the godly people, even to the point of breaking down our doors, and demanding their way with people. 
And so I can't help but wonder if these two aspects will be recurring towards the return of Christ in the rise and the empowering of homosexuals to the point where they will become aggressive and uh, even uh, violent uh, to have their ways. And along with that, uh, perhaps the Nephilim will be um, not reconstituted. I believe they're still around because of they occurred after the, the flood as well, the Nephilim in those days. Right. So uh, that that's a short version of all of it. It's interesting. And uh, there you go. All right. Okay. Yes, sir. Do you have an article on that anywhere on your website? Oh, I don't know. I should take whatever okay. I just said, transcribe it, <laughs> put it so if someone <laughs> out there can transcribe what I said, uh, then put it into an article or send it to me, and then I can polish it up as an article and, and go through it. It's one yes, of the sir. theories that's, that's running around. And some relate the Nephilim to UFOs uh, because mm-hmm. the UFOs, like the Nephilim, were interested at, in uh, sexual reproduction. And I'm reading a book right. presently uh, by a guy who's uh, well-known in, in that field, and he's very scientific, and he's talking about the various things that uh, abductees uh, suffer. And a lot of the stuff is sexual things, reproduction and stuff like this. Right. And also they're taught theology. And this guy, the secularist, is bringing it up, and it's New Age philosophy. Right. So... Uh, and he's not a Christian, from what I can see. He's just a, a clinical psychologist doing the research. And so uh, that's what's happening. But there you go. There's a lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff I could bring up, but uh, you never know. Right. <laughs> it's a lot. All right. Well, thank you. Sure, no problem. You're welcome. Hope that was invigorating. <laughs> yes, right. sir, it was. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless. All right. We'll see you. God bless you, too. You, too. All right. Hey, folks, we have four open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Give me a call. And let's get to Ken from Virginia. Ken, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, good evening to you, sir. Uh, wonderful uh-huh. show. And uh, I heard you talking about when you had mentioned uh, part of your explanation to the uh, previous gentleman a transcript. That's what I do with a lot of the shows that I watch. Uh, is I'll go back and uh, the next day and dig through some of the transcripts because um, it's it's such a lot of good information that uh, is is being put out when I listen to this radio station. And one of the things that um, I had asked somebody the other day, and you know, they kind of. <sighs> their brow kind of went down and basically it's a thing that me and a friend of mine we hit on it sometimes he believes in predestination and i'm i'm not a disbeliever but i'm not like all in on that and then i read in i think it's romans 9 about Mm -hmm. when you get down to verse 14 it talks Mm -hmm. about you know if you're familiar with that it's, it's almost like it's almost in line with the people that believe in predestination, but then again, I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, uh, predestination is biblical. Flat out, it is. And the reason that it is is oh, okay. because the Bible teaches predestination. And what I'll do is uh, go through right now, I'll look up verses 
And if we go to, for example, Matthew, and then I hit predest and uh, look for it, uh, what I'll find is several instances. So, for example, in Acts 4, 26 and 27, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. I mean, so mm. whatever predestination is, I mean, it's right there. So God predestines people and things to happen. That's what that is talking about. And um, then it says in Romans eight twenty nine, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Now, some people make the mistake of thinking that those whom he foreknew, that foreknowledge means he looked into the future to see what people would choose, and then he predestined some of those out of that. That's unbiblical. Mm -hmm. Because it says here, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. They're the same group. The foreknown ones are the, also the predestined ones. And the word foreknow has a different meaning mm. than what most people think. And I can get into that at another time. Right. And then another place, uh, it says, oh, and I, it, it, as I just read, for those of me foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he should be the firstborn among many brethren. And these uh, whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he justified and justified, he glorified. So there's another instance of it. And... Uh, and then First Corinthians two seven, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the foundation, excuse me, before the ages of glory. And then Ephesians one four and five. I'll read both those together. And we'll, uh, we'll, in fact, we'll get to that after the break because I want to read one more set of two verses, Ephesians one four and five, and then we'll talk more about predestination and uh, stuff like that. Okay, so hold on, all right, buddy. Okay, thank you. Hey, All folks, right. we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on air with Ken from Virginia. Okay, Ken, you still there? Yes. All I'm right, so now here. what I wanted to do was just read a couple more verses to you, okay? As you can see okay. what the scriptures are teaching. Because the issue is, is it in the Bible? That's what the issue is. This is Ephesians uh, 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. It says, uh, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Okay, now, it's biblical, isn't it? Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Okay. I would. Okay, so what and else believe, would you like to believe know? Believe it or not, tomorrow, tomorrow I will definitely get the transcript of this show. Um, I will, because... Uh, when I when I hear shows that there's stuff that somebody has put a uh, really solid meaning to something, you better believe that I, I I go looking for the transcript. Okay, and I'm glad you do that because that's a good thing to do. Um, and also, you mentioned Romans nine. Okay, so when we go to Romans mm -hmm. nine, I want to show you something in Romans nine, starting at verse nine. A lot of people don't like what it says. And I did not either when I first read it. But what it says 
is what it says. We need to stick to what mm-hmm. it says. Now it talks about uh, Jacob I love thee, not Esau I hate it. And if you read the context, it's not because of works, it's not because of anything that they would do. Well, mm-hmm. and that's what it says in verse 14. Well, there's no injustice with God, is there? So the reason Paul is raising that objection is because of what he just taught. So the point here mm-hmm. is that if you don't raise the same objection, then you don't understand what Paul's saying. It should cause you to go, well, wait right. a minute. And if it does cause you to go, well, wait a minute. You know, is that fair? Is that right? Then that means you're understanding the text. Now, some people will mm-hmm. say that what is going on here, Jacob is just a nation group, and Esau is a nation group. That he can love one nation of people and and uh, hate another nation group of people, and that within those nation groups, all individuals just make their free will choices. And so this is a common interpretation of this section of Scripture that's held by, let's just say, a, a, a certain theological persuasion within the Protestantism, and it's very weak. And I'll, I'll just say it, it is weak. Mm-hmm. It's not individual, mm-hmm. excuse me, it's not nations that he's talking about, but about individuals. And we know that Correct. because of what he says later on, it does not depend upon the man who wills or the man who runs, but upon God who has mercy. And then he talks about Pharaoh. And he has uh, hardens whom he wants. He has mercy on whom he wants. And he makes some for good use and some for bad use. Now, this is what's going on in the book of of, uh, of, of Romans. And the thing is mm-hmm. that it deals with God's election and predestination. An election is God's right to choose who he wants and what, uh, for salvation. And 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says we've been chosen from the beginning for salvation. That's 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Acts 13.48 says, For as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. It does not say they believed, and that's why they were appointed to eternal life. Because that would be God's mm-hmm. reaction to foreseeing good qualities and actions in individuals. But that shows a bias and prejudice and partiality in the, on the uh, place of God. There's all kinds of problems with the other position, and um, right. what I'm I'm giving you a short but sweet version. But this is what the scriptures teach, and I'll just say to anybody. Yes, and that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it, it's short. It was sweet, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's to the point. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not a person that um, uh, demands a. Uh, diatribe from someone to get the point you know some people you just you can watch you can watch them be talked to and that's just it's almost like the person that's trying to explain it to them is just i hate to say it but it's almost like they're talking to a wall yep you know they just you know i need more i need more i need more i need at some point it's like well i've given you all i can give you you know yeah and uh, i don't i all the time yeah, and I, and I I watched a guy on 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 a, a YouTube video. He's a street preacher, very polite guy, very polite. And this this guy that he was talking to, I think he was just he was thinking himself into a hole. Was the way I look at. It. He was just thinking himself into a hole because it was one objection after another. And the guy says, "Well, you know, be open minded about this. At least you know, asked questions on both sides, but." I appreciate your time because you've, you've given me a whole lot. And, uh, 
it amazes me how you guys, it, it, it's a gift. I know it's a gift from the good Lord how, you know, you, I could tell you, you knew exactly where to go. I mean, you knew where to go, and I wished I knew my Bible that well, but, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate the ones that have studied the Bible for years and years and years because you, you help the ones that of us that, you know, has questions and sometimes not everyone knows the answers yeah um that's right uh and i had the privilege of being able to do this full time and i have been for probably 18 years now and before that uh, yeah you know all the time anyway and and, uh so Mm -hmm. just you know love doing it and i'm privileged to be able to uh, serve god this way keep doing it because there's people out there that need it i'm one of them well praise god and, and don't forget to go time. to the website yes you no know, go to the website too okay yes and, i will and thank you so much and have a great day you're welcome okay god bless bye-bye all right well that was uh a good call i enjoyed that now in the text we've got somebody who said who's so hungry says don't talk about food now everybody's mentioning Everybody's mentioning good things like tacos and steak, you know, just basic stuff. Hamburgers. <laughs> he asked for it. So there you go. All right. Hey, let's get on the air here with uh, Brian from Winston-Salem. Brian, welcome. Uh, you're on the air. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, doing okay. I uh, wanted to follow up a question from a previous caller on Genesis chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Um how could the angels who are spirits have relations with the daughters of man physically? In other words, how could they provide the necessary genetic material to procreate? Don't know. We do know that uh, angels can appear as men, and you can't even tell they're not human. That's one of the things that scriptures teach. So they're incredibly capable. This means they can sweat. This means they, individual hairs on their bodies, uh, irises that dilate. Because people notice these things. You know, we're used to seeing people all the time. So there's an incredible ability of angels to manifest down to very strong details. So we don't know uh, how uh, any genetic activation of material would occur. But it just seems to be the case, and we don't know how, but that just seems to be it. Okay. Okay, that I, I don't think I've heard that one. Uh, the one that I, the interpretation that I've heard that sounded reasonable was that the uh, sons of God in this case were the uh, the godly line of the sons of. No, death. that's not not going to work. It, it doesn't work. Hold on, I, we'll get a break. We'll talk about that. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the bottom of the hour. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get back on here with Brian. You still there? Uh, yeah, still here. Okay. So the Sons of Th- of the Line of Seth was a, uh, a, a theory that was developed i found out a bit of my information i found out about uh that it was started about 500 uh, years after christ 
because people started ridiculing it and the theory was developed by others. So the sons of Seth were mighty men. But it, but that's not how the term sons of God is used. It's not in reference to people. In the Old Testament, it's in reference to angelic beings. That's just how it's used. Okay, and when you go to uh, Jude 6 and 7, it talks about angels who left their first abode and went after strange flesh. Now, the Jews taught that the Nephilim were the offspring of fallen angels and people and women. That's what they taught uh, completely uh, through the Old Testament time and uh, into the past, the, the arrival of Christ. And the early church taught that as well until it became attacked and the Seth line uh, works. And it's, in my opinion, the Sethite theory is pretty weak. Pretty weak. Okay. Mm. But it's taught in a lot of schools okay. and seminaries now. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so sons of God in the Old Testament always means angels. New Testament as well? Uh, no. Sons of God in the Old Testament is different. Uh, sons of God, like in, in the, the Beatitudes, you are the sons of God if you do this and that. You know, you love, uh, you love God or something, or whatever. Let's see if you get in here. I'm going to do a search for the phrase sons of God. And uh, how come it's not coming up? Let's go back to Genesis. Let's see. There we go. Sons of God. Hey, you're supposed to do it that way. There we go. Uh, so it occurs, the phrase occurs five times. And uh, and that's in the Old Testament. So in Genesis 6, it occurs twice. And then in Job 1, 6, now there's a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was with them. And in Job 2, 1, the same thing is said, just slightly different wording. In Job 38, 7, talks about the uh, sons of God shouting for joy. The, the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And the morning stars is another reference to angels. So that hmm. seems to be what's going on. Okay? Uh, okay, great. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. God bless. Okay. God bless. Okay, God bless. All right. Well, let's see. Now we have three, uh, four open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get on the air with John from North Carolina. Hey, John. Welcome. You're on the air. Hello, Matt. Hello. One minute. Oh, one minute, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I texted I you do, back. doing a lot of traveling. <laughs> yeah. I texted you back to today about something, you know. Um, yeah, uh, but you didn't about. include the email I need to send you the uh, the software to. And if well, yeah, you go there's... to about, mm -hmm. about 5.50, cool. I sent you the time dilation article. Ooh, interesting. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to study, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, it seems like it's Bethlehem Day. Uh... I guess it's about 35 years ago I was into the UFOs and finding mm -hmm. out about that. We yep. Jerry and Pleiadians and Billy Meyer was a farmer in Switzerland. And I think we talked about this a couple years ago, uh, his predictions that he got from uh, them uh, that have come true, which is what demons can do. Uh, right. So I wonder if you could do a search on the Old Testament for some uh, uh, similar to some Yazi. Uh, when I was doing discipleship, uh, working through the Bible, uh, the Old Testament, uh, I don't know where it was, 
but uh, I came across just a, an off spelling to what she is, according to Billy Meyer, and uh, it's a pretty bad demon. And uh, she's the one that does all the translations with him, and P-T-A-H happens to be a primary god in Egyptian lore. So there's a connection there's lots of connections. between a modern uh, a counter and uh, referencing back to the Old Testament. Yeah, called experiencers. Uh, yeah, it's a modern term for them. But uh, ah. yeah, so yeah, you know, send information. And uh, by the way, I want to talk to you about uh, a small idea, just a small idea. With the first thing we talked about with the. AI video production with uh, voice and stuff. Yep. But uh, I got your phone number. Maybe I'll call you in an hour or so. I don't know if you're free. All right. Okay. But sounds uh, good. I should be you home know. about that time. All right. Or you call me if you want. All right. I'm going to be working on some stuff anyway. But I got an idea. And uh, in fact, I emailed you. I returned an email the other day. Yeah, you know I saw what? that. Yeah, that's the idea. That's what cool. I'm talking about. Is maybe we can work something out here and figure it out. Because I that think would be. So. That'd be a great way to make things m- much more easy, or I should say, much much yep. more easier. I think it's much more easy. And then check easier. out that software; it's really inexpensive. That uh, will allow you to do the translation from text to the speech that you were looking for. Good. I need that too. But I have a. And that's yeah. that's the one that I was asking you to send me the email back that I can when I do the purchase. I'm just going to have them send it, send the email okay. for the download right directly to you. Well, I tell you what, call me when you're free tonight. I got to be online uh, doing something on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. But call me. We'll just talk when you're free. Then we'll get together, and talk, catch up on. Sounds good. Okay? Just call the 800 number and then. Nah. Oh, I, I gave you my cell, didn't I? Uh, not yet. No. Okay, I'll uh, find it and I'll, I'll give you my cell. Okay. okay. All right, big man. Okay, Let's talk see. to you later. Oh. Right <laughs> Okay. Bye. All right. We'll see ya. <laughs> All right. That was John. I like John. He's uh, He thinks like me. Brilliant, humble, good-looking, you know, basics. That's always good stuff. All right. Let's get on the air with Clarice from Winston-Salem. Clarice, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. Uh, Hi. And no, I'm not from Winston-Salem. I'm close. Oh, you're not? I'm from- a little town called Ashboro, which is near Wilmington, oh, okay. Salem, okay? All right. But, but that's okay. I'm not offended by that. Okay. Um, okay. So I've heard you, uh, one of your shows, and I'm not a longtime listener. I just recently discovered you a few months ago. Okay. Um, but I understood you to say that you do not believe that the Bible teaches that there will be a thousand year reign, a literal thousand year reign of Christ on earth. Is that true or not true? That you... That's okay. correct. That's so what I hold to, yeah. I went in uh, before I ask you to explain that, I just want to give you my point sure. of reference other sure. than hearing pastors say that that will be a thousand, mm-hmm. literally a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm taking the scripture from Second Peter and then Revelation 20. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got my I use a strong concordance and look up mm-hmm. the Greek in that yeah. for the word thousand, and it says thousand. Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I really would love to hear why you believe the Bible teaches that that is not a thousand years, literally. Because of context and some other things. And just so you know, I'll, I'll introduce the topic here. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I really, you know, I don't die in this hill. This is just where I'm at. And if you disagree, that's like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's not a big deal. But notice what it says here in Revelation 20. Uh, when I, then I saw an mm-hmm. angel coming down from heaven holding a key of the abyss. Now, the angel, I would say, is literal, a literal angel holding a key. Okay, I'm well, sorry. What verse are you at? Oh, Revelation 20, verse 1. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so saw an angel come down from heaven. I would say angel and heaven are both literal. Holding a, the key of the abyss, I would say the key there is a figurative key, not a literal key, you know, like a keychain. And a great chain mm-hmm. in his hand. Well, it's not a literal chain. You don't you're going to bind the devil. You don't bind the devil with a, a physical chain. Okay, there's something else going on there. So those are figurative uses. Laid hold of the dragon. Now that's figurative. The serpent of old, I would say that's literal. Who's a devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years? So the question is, how do we know that the term thousand years is literal or figurative? That's the question. Well, how do you know it's not? Well, I'm not saying it is or isn't. See, what people will do is they'll say, well, it just means it's literal. And I'll show you something why it can't be. I'll just show you in a little bit. Okay. We've got a break coming up here in a little bit, but I'll show you some verses. And it's just really going to be a problem. And I'll introduce a new concept to you, too. But the thing is, the Bible says a day is but a thousand years. A thousand years is but a day to God. And it also says yes. that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, the word thousand here, each time, is figurative. Each time. Why is it literal there? It may be. I'm just saying we shouldn't assume it is. We need to establish that it is. That's the point I'm trying to make. Hey, can you hold on, Clarice? We've got a break, okay? Yes, we'll get back yes sir, I can. Thank you. All right. Hey, folks, be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the last segment of the hour. Just want to let you know, hey, a couple things I just remembered. Um, I forgot about this, but we have openings on our Israel, uh, Turkey, Greece, Italy trip for the Bible lands and stuff like that. Bible, the journeys, footsteps of Paul. We have openings for that. And um, if you're curious about it, you want to email me info at karm.org. We had a couple of people drop out. And so we've got some room. And if you want to go on that trip, uh, you can check it out. Uh, I'll send you the information. But you can also go to Carm uh, and just type in the search engine Footsteps of Paul. And it should bring you up to the link on that. And um, there you go. All right. Let's get back on the air. Uh, here we go. With uh, Clarice. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Whew. Okay. Boy. All right. So you're ready? I'll show you something. Okay. Well, I have my boots on, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Good for you. Good for you. All right. So in the standard view, um, let's see, the standard view, it says the literal thousand years. I'm going to show you something that's going to be a problem for it. It's a big problem, and it really is. You've probably never heard this before, and it's simple. 
and I'll show you something else that'll add even more to that. So, we from the premillennial view, this is what got me. The first, this is what converted me from premill to amill was what I'm going to show you. And so, in the premillennial view, there's the seven-year tribulation. The rapture happens either before or after that kind of thing. Doesn't really matter in this context. And then after that, after the rapture, is a thousand years, and then the new heavens and new earth are made after the thousand years, right? Right? Right. Okay. What I'm going to do is read to you First Thessalonians 4, starting at verse 16 through chapter 5, verse 2. The chapter break is not in the Greek. So the chapter break is kind of an unfortunate place. But nevertheless, you'll get it. Yes. For the Lord himself yes. will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's, the, that's Jesus coming back, rapture, right? Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. That's the rapture. Okay? And Paul goes on, he says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now, as to the times and the epics, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So that's what the Bible's saying there, right? A day of the Lord come like a thief in the night. Yes. All right, now, check this out. Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now, let's talk about the same day. Because there's no other phraseology that's used this like this. The day of the Lord come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. So where's the thousand years in between those events? If there's the same day, the rapture occurs at the same day that the new heavens and new earth are made. That's hmm. what converted me on the spot. Someone showed me those verses and didn't when even did say, say what that? they were about. When did you? Sorry, it's it's really hard not to interrupt and talking, okay. and then because of the radio. Sorry, but I mean, you just didn't like just be reading it, and you saw it. I mean, no. well, I mean that's how the Holy Spirit works. But I mean, mm-hmm. were you studying out a particular thing, or did something no. like that doesn't make sense? I mean, what brought you into that? A friend of mine uh, at his apartment in El Cajon, California, about 35 years ago, I guess it was, uh, I was over at his house, he's a Christian, and and uh, his apartment, and he said, hey, i got to show you these verses. And I said, well, what's it about? He goes, I'm not telling you. I said, well, why not? He goes, just read them. And so I read them. He didn't say anything. And I, I read, this is what I read to you, and I looked at him and I said, there's no millennium. That's what I said. As he Googled, he goes, I know. Someone had shown him, and then he showed me, and he didn't say what it was about. And so I never forgot it, because it converted me on the spot. Because the day of the Lord come like a thief is the same day. That's when the rapture occurs, and that's when the new heavens and new earth are made. And there's not two well, days of the Lord to come like a thief. It's not like that. Well, okay. I, be- I believe that, okay? And I, I have said this to you one other time in a conversation about another sure. subject, that mm-hmm. most of the pastors that I know, and I've, I've known quite a few in my life, and I've been, my husband and I are in a good Bible-believing church, um, but most of the pastors that I have known in my mm-hmm. lifetime believe in the, the pre-trib rapture of the church. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And even John MacArthur, who I have a lot of respect for and believe he's biblically sound, 
and a great theologian, he, he even believes that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I would debate him in a loving way. I would I would debate John MacArthur on it. Yeah, I would. But um Well, you go ahead. I'm not debating John MacArthur, <laughs> but anyway, my point is that yeah. for those of us um for those of us normal lay people in churches, I have I mean, personally I've been a student of the word of God for forty two years since I've been saved. Mm-hmm. Not that I read Greek and Hebrew and all. I just believe in line upon line, precept upon precept. And, you know, I just read the Bible, and and I try to... Mm -hmm. We've always been under men of God that preach the Word and not heresy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always asked the Lord for the... the Yes. Because Mm -hmm. that's, to me, the greatest gift Mm -hmm. for me. And um, so when I first discovered you... You know, I have never really, just because a man in the pulpit says that we're going to be raptured out and we're going to be out of here and we don't have to worry about that. Well, I don't believe that because the church was burst in tribulation. You know, so I believe we're going out in tribulation. Good for you. That's what I believe. I'll tell you what. Let me me run something else by you, okay? You've heard this phrase, two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, right? That's the rapture, yes. right? Yeah. It has nothing yes. to do with the rapture. Nothing. And a hundred percent of the time over the years that I've shown people the context of each one of the of, of that they've been converted to go, that's not the rapture. The rapture occurs, but those are not about the rapture. Those uh, that's what do you believe 24. those are about? In Matthew twenty four, Luke seventeen, it says two men are in the field, one is taken, one is left. The context is the wicked are the ones who are taken. It's not the good. And we know because in Matthew 17, excuse me, Luke 17, it says, uh, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were giving in marriage till the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And mm-hmm. two men will be taken. Two men on the field, one is taken. And they ask him, where are they taken? And he answers, Jesus answers them. Where the body is, the vultures gather. That's where they're taken to. The people who are destroyed are taken to a place of death. And you can look it up yourself. Mm-hmm. Do the parallel of Matthew 24, uh, Matthew 24, 36, I believe it is, and Luke 17, 37. You go to, anyway, Matthew 24, Luke mm-hmm. 17. Find them, and you'll see the parallel. And I'm telling you, 100% of the time, people have just said, oh my goodness, you're right. That's what it says, because it is what it says. This is mm-hmm. a, a fight I will die for. I mean, not die, you know, die for, but I mean, that's what it says. I'll fight that one. Anybody who says no, I'll go, yeah, it is. Just read it, you know. Now, here's the, here's the question. Why is it that pastors and preachers all over the United States are reading these, these sections of Scripture and can't even get that right? Because it's, th- those verses are not about the rapture. They're not. Well, and it's almost bit like it's been passed down, like they heard it from exactly. their pastor or the school, the theological school that they went to. And exactly. that's what they say, and so they don't really question mm-hmm. and research it out because mm-hmm. somebody else told them. And that's the easy way out. It, it's me. the lazy way. But That's yeah, the lazy way. They're not so. supposed that's... to do that. They're supposed to examine the scriptures daily, look at them, not just tote the denominational line. Furthermore, to well, make things I, I even worse, 
to make things even worse, I'll show you something. Okay. Remember in Matthew 13, it talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares. The wheat are the Christians, the tares are the unbelievers. Yes, yes. And, you know, should we tear them up? And Jesus says, no, this is Matthew 13, 30. Now, check this out. Who the first? Who are the first ones taken? Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn the first ones mm -hmm. gathered at the harvest are the wicked and mm -hmm. when you go further down in the in there Matthew 13 30 Matthew 13 40 okay so just that you should read the whole thing of course for just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire so shall it be at the end of the age the Sun now check this out the Sun will send forth his angels and gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and throw them into the furnace so mm -hmm. Jesus says the angels will take the wicked out of his kingdom now if it's a thousand year reign of Christ and that's his kingdom then why does it say then that at the end of the age is when this happens and the end of the age is also when the rapture occurs because the wicked are the ones who are taken. At the end of the age, the judgment occurs. And I can show it this show this all to you. The electric gathered and Jesus returns. The rapture occurs. And so when you start seeing mm -hmm. this stuff, it really messes with pre pre uh, millennial views. It really does. It really does. Yes, I know. I've had discussions with my former pastor and I respectively disagreed with him and you know, sometimes they look because I'm a woman and in a little condescending way, and you know. But I don't care. I, I respect them as men of God, so that doesn't bother not, me. They should but not talk I, to you like I, that. They should not do that. Sir? They should not talk down well, to you because you're a woman. They should not do that. They should not be condescending. Well, I think they talk down to me more because I disagreed with them, oh. and they're not used especially one particular pastor I had, was not used to people disagreeing with him. You know, it's okay. I don't need to get into that. Uh, it's okay. I, I, it doesn't bother me because it just doesn't. But I have to tie this in. I have a question. I know it's sure. close to the end of the program, but I have a, another quick sure. question to tie in with mm -hmm. this. So if we believe that the church is going through the tribulation, so this is what a problem that I'm having because I'm seeing Scripture fulfilled before our face. And with the current administration and mm -hmm. the what they're doing with the, mm -hmm. the homosexuals, the children, all of this, you know, mm -hmm. I know we're moving closer and closer to that time. Yep. And, you know, I, I just believe in my spirit that something will happen even before next year that we probably won't even have the election. But this is just my two cents. That's all it's worth. Well, you're but not the only one who said that. I just... Because well, now, I think about this. The new COVID... we got to go here in a sec, in 10 seconds. The new COVID restrictions are supposed to be coming back. And what if the government uses it as an excuse to suspend elections? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just don't trust our government. I can't even watch news anymore. I'm so enraged well, by we the don't. We don't. that goes on. But yeah. we got to go. There's a but, break. Uh, Call back tomorrow. We, Can I hold on for a minute? No, we, oh, there's 
I don't know if you can. We'll talk after the show. Let's see. I'll, I'll give you a shot. Well, hold on. Hold I want to ask you another question. Well, okay, but we're at the end of the radio show, so hold on. Hey, folks, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. May the Lord bless you. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. God bless everybody. Another program powered by the Truth Network.